Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Michael, Michael Reed, Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM. Landlords uh, can't increase rent and uh, they can't uh, evict uh, tenants and won't be able to do so until uh, the 20th of uh, July under a special moratorium uh, because of uh, the coronavirus. Uh, this uh, may be extended past uh, the 20th. Uh, the government says it may be necessary and it will be looking at uh, the situation. The new housing minister, Darrow O'Brien, uh, made his comments uh, in uh, reply to a dull private member's motion that was put forward by the Labour Party looking for more support for tenants. The government must consider it appropriate and be satisfied that it is in the public interest to extend the emergency period having regard to the following. Firstly, the threat to public health. Secondly, the highly contagious nature of COVID-19. And finally, the need to restrict the movement of persons to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Tenants are required to pay um, rent to their landlord during the COVID-19 emergency period. And in the event of tenants having difficulty to do so, they are encouraged, and I would again encourage them, to engage with their landlords at the earliest opportunity but they should also engage with the Department of Employment Affairs and Social Protection as income supports and the emergency simplified rent, rent supplement is available. Minister Dara O'Brien explained uh, that between now and uh, the 20th, uh, the government will have to weigh up if an extension is justifiable. Any future request for the government to make an order to extend the emergency period will be made at the appropriate time and in accordance with the emergency measures in the public interest. Act 2020. And as we approach July the 20th, and I'm conscious of this, I will be writing to the Minister for Health to ask if the public health situation merits a further extension of this moratorium. If it is justified, I will bring a proposal to government accordingly. I will consider the economic situation as well uh, to renters and possible further measures indeed that may be put in place should they be needed. That's uh, Dara O'Brien, the Minister for Housing, speaking in uh, the Dole on Wednesday night. Let's uh, talk to John Mark McCafferty, who's Executive Director of Threshold. Good morning to you, John Mark, and thanks for joining us here on the programme this morning. As uh, the situation stands, do you think it merits another extension? Good morning, Michael. Yes, I do believe on balance it does. I mean, these things are, are, are delicate. You've got to weigh up an, an awful lot of things. So this is not black and white. Um, but I think it does warrant a further extension. And it, it does so because we are in unprecedented times. Job losses far exceed anything we've, we've seen before, even compared to the, uh, the crisis back in uh, 2010 or so. 
um, and with younger workers disproportionately affected. And um, what we're seeing is that they're most likely to live in rented accommodation. Um, and they're in the sectors most affected by job losses. If you look at you know, the accommodation mm. and food sectors, admin and support, retail, um, there's a high level of, um, of renters in those sectors. They're among the sectors most severely affected by job losses. Mm. Um, so um, some serious surgery had to be done, uh, and that was in the form of the moratorium. It was an experiment that um, Ireland was forced to conduct, but the results are clear. Um, there were 459 fewer people in emergency accommodation and homeless accommodation in May than in April, including 286 fewer children. Um, while the government's worked to move people out of the homeless uh, services during the crisis, um, the moratorium has turned off the tap uh, with the ban on, on evictions. Mm. And, you know, we know through our work with, with renters advising them and protecting the tenancies that the great majority of people who enter homelessness do so from the private rented sector. And so um, the moratorium effectively bans eviction. Is it delaying uh, the uh, inevitable, though? I mean, are people going to end up uh, evicted? What is happening with uh, people who have lost their jobs, uh, for example, who can't uh, afford to pay what they were paying in rent? Uh, as we heard there, the minister said, uh, you're obliged to pay your rent. Uh, if you can't pay it, you, you won't be evicted. Uh, but uh, surely you're just putting off uh, the day uh, when reality will come to knock on your door because these arrears will be due. There's, yeah, there's a couple of elements to that. Like the, you've got the pandemic unemployment payment, which is um, for those who, who are working you know, close to full-time or on full-time, it's substantially higher than the, the, the weekly social welfare rate. And also, um, as, as was mentioned in your clip there, um, an easier access to, to rent supplements. So when you put those two together, a lot of people are cushioned for the time being, uh, plus with the moratorium. Um, you know, that all can't last forever and we're very mindful mm. of that. You know, there will, there will be eventual changes to the pandemic unemployment rates even for, for full-time. Is it that um, most people aren't going into arrears? It's it's a little difficult to say right now. Um, it's a mixture of things. Some people aren't going into arrears because they're cushioned by the, um, the mm. both the pandemic unemployment payment and uh, rent supplements. Um, but others, others are um, because they're in slightly different kind of scenarios and an example that we came up time and time again with was where you have house shares a lot of the kind of younger people that we're talking about there affected in those sectors um, they may have been in house shares with um, three other people so you had four people paying all together paying in the 2,000 euro a month um, say in Dublin or you know 1,500 a month in Drogheda or Dundalk um, and you know then two people leave one um goes to self-isolate, another goes to, you know, back with uh, their, to their parents or, you know, maybe, maybe one's a migrant worker, right. they, they leave before the lockdown. Um, and then you've got maybe just two people left in a, in a house share of four, but they still have to pay the full rent, whether that's €1,500 Euro or €2,000, and, and they are facing uh, problems of affordability. They themselves then may have found themselves uh, losing losing work or losing hours and, and down on, on income. Mm. So, um, it, it's a mixed picture. Um, obviously, uh, right now, there's a kind of a cover over it because of the moratorium. Mm. But our, our fear is that, um, and we are seeing um, arrears building up, uh, we are seeing people who are, say, prioritising the rental payment and maybe deciding to go with other things in the household 
mm. um, or others who need to prioritise other things and, and may find themselves in arrears. So um, certainly if you can pay your rent, continue to pay your rent. Okay, this has told... Some people are struggling. This has told an altogether different story, hasn't it, in that the number of people who have become homeless has dropped and significantly dropped at that. And whether you're working or not... Perhaps uh, it's because of the moratorium, because uh, we have been told that a lot of people who have been evicted and became homeless uh, up to the outbreak of uh, the pandemic were working and were able to afford their rent. But then suddenly their rent increased and it became unaffordable and they couldn't find anywhere else that they could afford. Yeah, so um, we're seeing um, a number of things, you know, uh, we're seeing that, um, yes, there's a little bit more in terms of supply, but it's still small compared to um, the demand out there. Um, we're also, we also have to note that um, rents were historically high. They've reached a historical high just before COVID. Now, there, there might have been you know, you know, half of a percent of a reduction um, in rent levels, but really you know, we, we we're looking at very high levels of rent that people, a lot of people were just about affording in a buoyant economy. Uh, we're now seeing all sorts of sectors, as I mentioned, um, suffering, and therefore people and families suffering. And, and huge uncertainty. Unfortunately, some of the um, jobs that people were in four months ago are no longer going to exist. Um, and we're only at the beginning of this recession. So while it, um, you know, we're talking about this, the extension of this moratorium, mm. we need to be thinking in, in months and years rather than just weeks. Um, and while a moratorium, a blanket ban, may not be a, a panacea or mm. a silver bullet, right now it just provides some level of stability. As you mentioned there, it really has made a distinctive impact on uh, the number of people mm. going into um, homeless. And people have been calling for it for years, uh, but we're told it was unconstitutional. If it was unconstitutional, how did they do it? Uh, I, I guess the... Uh, it wasn't unconstitutional, uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, I'm not, I, I suppose yeah. I'm not a constitutional lawyer, but I, I guess they... They looked at the crisis that this that this was, you know, a crisis of um, unprecedented proportions, mm. and realised they had to make some very very stark choices, and and this is one of those stark choices. But mm. I think it does point to what's possible um, in terms of housing legislation that you can actually freeze rents. Mm. Um, but that's the point, isn't it, John Mark? I mean, you can't you can't legislate uh, at odds with the constitution. You must change the constitution first. If it was unconstitutional, they couldn't have done it. They said it was unconstitutional. They must have been wrong because they did it. And you know, nobody has taken a case. Uh, there's no talk uh, of anybody uh, believing uh, that their constitutional rights have been breached. Well, successive governments have been extremely conservative about, um, uh, if you like rights related to housing. Um, the Constitution appears to be very strong on private property, especially in terms of um, owner-occupiers, homeowners. Um, the Constitution, uh, and again, I'm not a specialist in this, mm-hmm. but appears to be a lot more silent on the rights of, of people um, who are renting, and especially in the private rented sector. I mean, there's, there's certainly more rights, I would argue, if you're a, in local authority or AHB housing, but if you're in the private rented sector, notwithstanding all of the, the recent improvements in prote- protections over the last 15 or 20 years, especially the last three years or so, 
um, you, you you know you are still at a disadvantage. You know a, a landlord can well notwithstanding the moratorium, but the pre pre moratorium, a landlord can end a tenancy for a whole host of reasons that are no fault of of um, a tenant. A tenant could be a very good tenant paying the rent on time. And a number of grounds mean that um, the the tenant is really kind of powerless against the the, the decisions of, of of landlords. And I guess in all of this, there is a balance because yes, arrears are being built up. Um, I'm very very sympathetic to um, smaller landlords who are struggling because of the possible non-payment of rent by by tenants. But all of this, um, as the RTB knows, is a delicate balance between the rights and responsibilities of tenants and the rights and responsibilities of landlords. But what we do see is that many renters are quite vulnerable. They're financially vulnerable or they're from particular um, groups with with, with their own um, uh, challenges. Okay. And, you know, like they need the kind of supports that we provide in order to advise them, mm-hmm. in order to help them to stay in their homes. Absolutely, and lots of uh, advice and assistance available from Threshold uh, for that matter. Uh, I think a, a lot of people uh, will be looking towards the 20th as a potential cliff edge. Uh, the Minister is saying they're considering extend, uh, extending that moratorium uh, and uh, we'll watch it closely. Thank you, though, for joining us uh, this morning, as always. John Mark McCafferty is Executive Director of Threshold. Michael Reed on LMFM. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.